Hi, this is Daniela Cambone for the Daniela Cambone Show now on ITM Trading. What a change. And I thought, what a better way to start this brand new chapter in my, in my career than to sit down with my good and longtime friend, Robert Kiyosaki. Thank you, Robert, for inviting Hi. us into your home. I am so proud of you, so thank you. <laughs> Wow. It's been a love affair for years. Love and, affair for years. Yeah, thank and you. And this is just just so wonderful because thank obviously you. I want to talk about the turmoil that we're seeing in the markets. Right. I mean, people are just so frightened with everything going on. You know, what do I do with my money? But most importantly, I really want to talk to you about life today. I mean, here we are at your magnificent property. Thank you. But just off when we were chatting offline, you were saying you used to drive by here when you couldn't afford to live here saying that's right. were you manifesting it back then well when you have nothing you do whatever you can you know this is called the Biltmore circle and in Arizona and Phoenix the circles it so my wife Kim and I would drive past and we go that's our house wow. that's our house that's our house or that's for me there was a guy named Reverend Ike he's yep. a black evangelist he always say that's for me he says, you can't lose with the stuff I use, you know. And so I, Reverend Ike, I just loved. So Kim and I would drive past this place and go, that's for me. And one day a for sale sign came up. And it was put up or shut up. And we still had no money, but we took a run at but this But you place. did it anyways. Yeah. I love that. 25, 27 years ago now. I wanted to share something with you today. I think it's, I don't think I've ever told you this. You, this is when I was in my 20s and I was starting this path that I'm on now. You were one of the first people I interviewed, and I remember you were telling me the school system is awful, you know. And I here I was right out of the school system almost and a lover of the system. I'm thinking right. it wasn't resonating with me what you were saying at the time. Right. I was like, why does Robert hate school so much? not school per se, but what they're teaching. And today, I'm not gonna say how many years later, <laughs> I finally understand what you were trying to teach me then. Yes, thank you. Yeah. It goes back to the story of rich dad, poor dad. My poor dad was a PhD, Stanford, Northwestern, University of Chicago. Poor as a church mouse. And uh, I couldn't understand that. Why does he stay in school if he's poor? And he kept, and he kept saying, if you study hard, someday you'll be rich. I said, Dad, all you do is study. You're still poor. And the question is, why, doesn't, why don't our schools teach us about money? And so a rich dad was a man who never went to school. And of course, you know, he, he is running a little store. His father died and he took over at 13. So rich dad grew up in the real world. And so today, so Rich Dad started teaching his son and me when we were 10 years old. And he taught us playing Monopoly. You know, four greenhouses, 1031 text, free exchange into a red hotel. So I'm playing Monopoly with him, I'm 10 years old. By the time I was 12, Rich Dad said to me, it's time for you to go collect rent. Mm. Collect rent? Right. I said, well, how's that part of my education? Let's go collect rent. So I go knocking on doors as a kid. I never heard such bullshit my whole life. Uh, and so I came back to Rich Dad's office. This is in Hawaii. 
and I said, he said, or Richard, I said, what did you learn? I said, the same words, the renters who weren't paying, only, only people who were late in paying their rent was a knock on the doors. The same words they used, my poor dad uses. You rich are crooks. You got to take advantage of us. Can't you see I have no money? I'm a poor man and all this. And I said, the poor who don't pay their rent sound like my dad. And Rich Dad says, that's the last one. I'm not really, really religious, he says, but from the, from the Bible. Right. And the word becomes flesh. And ever since then, going back to this house, I never say I can't afford it. He yes. said, poor people say I can't afford it more than rich people. And what rich people say, how can I afford it? And so when Kim and I are right around this place, we go, that's for me, yes. and that's for yes. me. We never said we couldn't afford it. <laughs> our, our, that's another lesson that you taught me that I've always yeah. taken with me. Do not say, oh, you see a nice Ferrari, don't say, oh, I can't afford that, yeah. right? That's yeah, a poor man's words. But, you know, getting back to, you know, the, the school, right, the education, because I think about this a lot, especially now that I have young kids, and it's not that I don't want them to go to college yeah. one day. Of course, I want them to, but not for traditional reasons, because I think, you know, what you were, the message that you were delivering is that, well, not only are they not teaching you about money and actual things we need to know about life, they're not teaching you about taxes, that's for sure, but they also box you in, Robert. Oh, you're good in math? Okay, you could go to, you could go to pre-med. Oh, you're good in poli-sci? Okay, you could, you know, you could be a political journalist. They box you in, right? It's like you can't find your own path. You're taking these tests, like what aptitude tests, or this is what you should do for your career. It's just all nonsense. And so when I reflect back on my education, I don't think I can count on one hand the number of remarkable teachers I had. I had a few, but most teachers were quite bad, right? Okay. Were quite bad. What I did take away from school was the network, my friendships, right. right? So there is some value to school. Would you not agree? Well, there's nothing more important than education, right. nothing. But that's when I, in 1965, I read this book here. So 90, oh, ironically, what did I flunk out of school for? Writing. <laughs> exactly. I, I can't write. So they would have said, never become an author. Yeah. And here you are, where is it? Well, anyway. What, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Yeah, right? yeah Rich Dad, Poor, poor Dad. Poor Dad, I mean, New York Times bestseller. It's 25 years, it's wow. still number one in the world. <laughs> but don't become a writer. <laughs> I can't write. Right. You know? So anyway, I go to school in New York, in, on Long Island, and my economics teacher says, this is the first book you'll read. And I thought that was interesting, you know, as a military school. And then I realized my family are Marxist. They're not bad people, please hear me. They believe in taxation. They believe in the rich are evil. Uh, you know, Marx was against the capitalists because he thought they stole from the working people and all this stuff. So this here, this book changed my life too. I went, wow. Because what he says is in communism would take over America in two stages. Stage one was 1930, when Columbia University hired teachers from, Hit, uh, from Hitler's regime or from communism in Germany to teach at Columbia University's teacher's college. That was step, step, step one. Stage two was when my friend here, Donald Trump, lost the election due to ballot boxes. And as Stalin said, it's not who votes that counts, 
is who counts the votes. And the, Danielle, the saddest thing about today, this is November 2023, I don't trust the elections. You know, Carrie Lake, who ran for governor of Arizona, they, they had all kinds of election fraud here. So that's my concern is if our entire system is permeated by Marxist schools, what chance do we have as a free country? I mean, are you hopeful that there'll ever will be a change in the system? It's systemic. It's like our blood. Right. It's our thoughts. And remember, yeah. and the word became flesh. And when Rich Dad said to me, he said, poor people say those words. They don't even know they're saying them. I can't be rich or you're rich or crooks or you steal from us. Their words reflect their insight. And going back to one more character is I learned at the Academy, Kings Point in New York, octa non verba. Watch what a person does, not what they say. So what was Biden's first act? He cut the Keystone Pipeline from Canada to the Gulf of Mexico. I'm an oil guy. I went to Kings Point. I, I drove tankers for Standard Oil as my background. The moment he cut the pipeline, that was his first act. And I'm selling oil. I'm an oil guy. Oil went from $30 a barrel to $130 a barrel. This is in 2020. I said, he's going to kill the middle class. Biden, the greenies, you know, the, the conservative greenies, whatever they call them, they're trying to kill America by getting, in, get, by getting inflation to go high. So we have two classes now, rich and poor. So watch what a person does. That was Biden's first act. Second act, take down the wall that Trump put up. And so, so Biden says, um, watch what they do, not what they say, especially at this time. Because, and so then Powell is raising interest rates. Right. It's crushing all the pros, right. prices. And if it's just, as Trump is saying, drill, baby, drill. If we drilled, inflation would come down. But they're playing games with interest rates. And people can't afford to buy a house, and homelessness goes up. And then when the, when the people come across the border, because Biden took the wall down, they're selling fentanyl. Watch what they do. I'm not Republican or Democrat. Watch what they do. Acta non verba. Deeds not. Yeah. I mean, on, on the note of the homelessness issue, I mean, you had been sounding the alarm on that, you know, at least for the past three years, Robert. And now, look, look, look I mean, I know you said when you walk downtown Phoenix or even just the outskirts of New York City, I mean, New York City, forget it. I mean, you can't even go near Times Square anymore. I mean, the lines of migrants. I mean, I just, I can't see how we're going to resolve this, Robert. Let me ask another question. Yeah. Why are we defunding the police? Do you know what I mean? It's all, they're all related, systemic. I have an apartment house in uh, Portland, Oregon. The police department let the homelessness camp all around my apartment house. My, ten my tenants left. Why are they doing this? It's not, not Republican, Democrat, right. liberal, right. or conservative. What are they doing? How did this happen to America? I don't know. You know, what I love about what you do and what I hope my show does is, you know, educating people, right, about, about sound money. 
And I want to get back to your point about do do as they no. do. Act on nonverbal. Watch right. what they do. Watch what they do. Not what they not say. To, and I want to get back to that point when it comes to central banks, right? Because I know at the heart of a lot of your teachings is this right here, yeah. gold. And I want you to tell us about this. So central banks never speak about gold, right? Wall Street doesn't speak about gold. Yet they've been buying gold at a record pace for now 11 consecutive months. Right. Why? I think they're the problem. Central bank is Marxist. You know, control the centralized banking system. And that's why Bitcoin popped up. You know, Bit Bitcoin is capitalist. They don't want to be part of the Marxist system here. But they're, they're buying gold right now because they're in trouble. And you look, when I recommend gold, it's really simple. How high, is our, how high is our debt? We put on more debt in a year than it took the first 200 years. And how we, America solves its problems now is we print more money, we drop interest rates, and the debt goes higher. Now, I don't know how many trillions is, is interest rates payments. So I'm not, I'm not really smart, I wasn't good at math either. <laughs> but I do know, no, I do know, you can't keep getting into debt and paying for it with fake money. You know, man, we're, we're crushing the world. So that's why I, uh, I've been a gold and silver bug. Well, I see, you're very vocal on Twitter, and you've been saying it, that only gold, you like Bitcoin as well. You're one of the rare breeds that, you like gold, you like Bitcoin. For you, it's sound money. Right. That's when people said, what do you teach kids? I said, you start with money. This is my biggest concern, Daniela, is in the last few years, like, like what this book said here, 1930, Columbia University invited Marxists from Germany to teach at the Columbia Teachers College, and, and communism spread. So when I was in New York City in the 60s, Columbia University was rioting. And then, you know, California system started to rioting. The hippies, you know, the love children, the love peace generation, those guys, they're not running the show, like Nancy Pelosi and all those characters. They're hardcore communists. They're hard, but they don't know it because they never read this book here. And so America's in serious trouble. So the way you defend yourself is with money. And what happened in 74, Nixon took the dollar off the gold center in 71. Everybody mm -hmm. knows that. 74, they started ERISA. ERISA was the first time my generation, any generation, had what's called defined contribution pension. That's a 401k and IRA. My generation has no retirement. 80 million of us. So that's gonna be the next crisis hitting us as we have no, we have no retirement for all the old guys like me. It, it terrifies me. So the question is, why don't we have, why don't we teach money at school? And what money is, is gold or silver, period. You love physical gold, right? There it is. I care. And silver. Me. Here's a silver, a silver buff. Yep. This, ladies and gentlemen, best invest, November 2023, best investment of all. It's 60% off its all-time high. This, I, I tell people everywhere, <laughs> buy one of these. Yeah. Oh, they'd rather have. Well, 
Yes. I know you say, but don't you think people are catching on? I mean, we see sales, you know, just rising and rising. I think people are catching on to the notion of buy gold, buy, you know, buy gold, buy silver. Not enough? No. <laughs> as, as, as I always ask, you know, I, I, you know, we're chatting before this whole thing started. All these gold experts and silver experts, how much gold do they own? <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's easy to say, yeah, I recommend gold, recommend silver. Right. But right. I think I have more than they do because I've been buying silver. Yep. This here is a 1964 silver. Kennedy is 50 cents in 64. Today it's worth $10. So 64 was the first year. 71 was the second year when they took the dollar off the gold standard. How many of these experts on all these YouTube channels have gold or silver? That's my question. This is my gold mine. Yeah, yeah. so you, you have a mine now. I own the gold mine. Yes. And, oh, and I've had two now. My first gold mine I took, I took public on the Toronto Stock Exchange, 2004. The trouble was the gold mine was in China. And guess who owns it today? China. China. That's called country risk. So mm -hmm. I found the definition of country risk. Don't do business in China. You know what I mean? So this mine is in, in the States, Yeah, right? this is in Utah. In Utah. And it's the, this is the, the best story about this. The Trixie the, mine. The Trixie mine was Marin Katusa, yeah. who's Canadian. Right. You know, Canadians are yes. the best miners in the world. <laughs> you know, the Vancouver resource. I, so. I, I love Vancouver. But what they did was they went into an old mine in Utah. They used artificial intelligence. They took the old miners' logbooks, you know, the guys with yeah. little burros in 1800 yeah. going like this. So Marin and his team took the logs, applied AI to it. And they went, oh my God, the old miners in the 1850s missed the vein. So they went in due to AI and old technology applied with new technology, and they found the richest gold mine in America. I can't believe it. So I'm today one of the biggest, you know, all my gold and silver is kept in Switzerland, <laughs> except for this stuff here. Because I don't, I don't really know about 1933 again. But anyway, gold and silver are money, period. This is toilet paper. And everyday people save this stuff, and inflation is running at about 7% or something. Mm -hmm. Why do people save this? Because the education system says this is money. Of course. Why did our education teach us that this is money? And this is money for thousands of years. But they, our education system is complicit in teaching us to work for this. Let's talk about the dollar, because obviously I've had experts on saying it's, you know, we're at the end of the dollar. Others are arguing the US dollar is not going away anytime soon, that we've heard this narrative since 1951. Yes. Yes. But if we look at the rise of the BRICS nations, right, the misfit nations, as many people would say, make of that? Do you think it's a lot of talk, you know, that they're planning some sort of gold-backed currency? Uh, or do you think that the more countries that are being added, I mean, 40 other countries want to now join? I mean, at one point, 
I mean, their GDP is already way bigger than that of the United States, cumulatively. I mean, don't you think they'll, they could be a force to be reckoned with? They are. I mean, look they who's are. just joined right. them. I think Saudi, Nigeria, yes. and all that. Oil countries. You see, oil is the real thing. Yeah. If we don't have oil, because I went to King's Point, I drove tankers for Standard Oil. Oil drives civilization. So when Biden, that criminal, took cut the Keystone pipeline, oil went from 30 to 130. I knew exactly what he's doing. He wants to rip the middle class and take them out. That's my, that's my concern. It's the president of the United States is doing it, and he knows what he's doing. That's what's terrifying. What's the benefit? What's he looking to, why? Well, he's a puppet, you know. Question who's pulling the strings. Right. So when Janet Yellen comes out, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, and says, the U.S. economy is strong, is she flat out lying, lying to the public, Robert? It's her opinion. The question is, is ask the American public, you know, can you afford a house today? What's, what's the, you know, the generation behind you? They're even more trouble. The number one asset of America is student loan debt. We're now the biggest debtor nation in the world. And who was the president that made student loan debt popular? Barack Hussein Obama. You know, what are they doing? They know what they're doing, Daniela. They're not stupid people. They know what they're doing. When Biden cut the pipeline, he knew what he was doing. I want to pick your brain on this, on the housing market now, because obviously much of your fortune you made in real estate, right? If, do you see opportunity in, in the housing market now, or are you, you know, with a 10-foot pole, like, stay away? Again, the, the problem is energy, oil, and stuff like this. But there's always opportunity. Today, I, with my partner, Ken McElroy, we're buying billboards, so we've shifted off of multifamily, and we're going to a billboard, so it's a real estate play. But it's not really real estate. This is what people don't understand about me. This became an instrument of debt in 1971 when Nixon took the dollar off the gold standard. What replaced this gold was a U.S. bond, you know, treasury bills, treasury bonds. And what's happening to bills and bonds right now? They're crashing. Mm -hmm. So the whole foundation is built on this stuff and it's crashing. That's what terrifies me. I'm going, uh, what's going to happen now? What happens when the bond market goes down? And I think that's what Frank Justro is talking about also. Absolutely, He's, yes, exactly. You know I mean? we're, we're looking at this is toilet, toilet paper. Mm -hmm. But the whole economy is based upon this. Fentanyl is streaming across the borders, thanks to Biden. Why? Why are we doing this to ourselves? I know you, you held up the book. You, you co-authored it with your good friend, President Donald Trump. So speaking about the elections, I mean, are you, a lot of people, are, I'm sure you've seen it on social media, are you especially feeling like he may be the only salvation right now. Are you hopeful he'll come back into office? 
it's more than hopeful. I'm proactive, you know what I mean? So I'm pitching a deal with the two sons, Don Jr. and Eric. It's terrible with the, those. So who are your fr good friends with? Yeah, well, I go hunting with the two boys. <laughs> They're great young men, you know? And so it's not about hopefulness. What am I doing about it? I'm a U.S. Marine. You know, it's deeds, not words. We just do things. So we're going back on the road, and we're going to be, so Don Jr., Eric, and I, we're putting together a, possibly, not, not been signed yet, a road show speaking on education. What you and I are talking about is education today. Why don't we teach this to kids? You see, until we get rid of the right. marks of school teachers, we're finished. And I shared this story with Lynette Zhang when she interviewed me last week. I said, I'll have people watching the show who are multimillionaires. Like I had one gentleman come up to me thanking me for the show because he had all these millions but kept losing it in the banking system and equities and he kept remaking the millions and he's an entrepreneur. He didn't know about this <laughs> or that you could preserve your wealth in other ways outside of the system. And I thought of you when you told me that story. And Lynette Zhang's one smart cookie. Yeah. She, is, she knows her coins. She knows the numismatic right. also. So, so, that's, so people are at a loss, right? They don't, you know, even those who have made money don't even know where to be investing it because maybe they weren't taught it at home. They weren't taught it, you know, taught this in the schools. And that's why I wanted you to share with me this story, with us, this story about you once worked at Xerox. Is that, is that correct? Correct. And you say the day, your final paycheck was the worst but best day of your life. Can you share? Why? Well, I want to be an entrepreneur, you know, and uh, it was, it was, it took everything. My job security is important, as we all know, and financial security is even more important. So that's why when I took my last paycheck, I said, I'm free, but it went, <laughs> I was Wiley e. Coyote, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right and I went, I, I went broke twice. I know what it feels like. Uh, my wife Kim and I, we, we had nothing. Now we're, we're okay, you know. So I, th that's what America's about. We have a chance to. That's true. And I think out of this horrible situation we're in, there's going to be more opportunity. But like I said, this mine here was discovered by going through old records, using AI to find a new vein. And, I, and that's kind of a, a metaphor for everybody. Do you think America still, you know, when we go down a list of why makes, what makes America great, the opportunity, right? That was always there, that if you had a dream, you could really make it here. Do you think that still is true today? I would like to think so, yes. But, not, but until we change our school system. Please hear me. That's the problem. That's exactly well, I, I what he you. said here. I get it. Years later, I, I, yeah. I get it. I get you know, what, you were, what you were trying to teach me then. Sometimes it takes a little longer. I think the saddest <laughs> thing, Danielle, in 1965, I read this book, right? I go to school in New York on Long Island, and they send you to sea. So for one year, I had to sail to get my, as part of the academy thing. So I sailed in 1966 from San Francisco to Camran Bay. In 1966, I'm sitting here in Vietnam on the beach. The war is going on. I go, 
what's a communist? So I go and I say, there's a bar. I ask the bartender, I said, where's the Viet Cong? I said, oh, those two guys over there are Viet Cong. I'm going, they're Viet Cong? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's my education. It was, yep. it was on the front line. But so I sit down with these two guys who are about the same age. We're like, and we're doing our best to communicate, yeah. you know, yeah. this. And the saddest thing, Danielle, so only part of it is say, I'll be back. Wow. I'll be back. So wow. that was 66. 72, I was flying the gunship into it. I killed a lot of them. And we were all friends. But they shot, we shot. You know, so I was a, flying off a carrier in South China Sea. And I still think about those two guys. I hope I didn't shoot them. But we killed a lot of people. For what? And then to come back in 73, one year tour, January 10th, the first thing I get off the plane at Norton Air Force Base, just north of San Francisco, I get hit with rotten eggs from the hippies. And I swear to God, Nancy Pelosi was one of them. <laughs> I'm only kidding, you know. But our hippies of the 70s are our leaders today. The love children of the 70s are leading us today, education, businesses, and all that. That's the problem. Yeah. And yet, yeah, no, I mean, this is such a, a, a big statement because here we are with geopolitical tensions. I mean, we're in a state of, of war, right? People are talking about World War III. And not, for, not to get political, Robert, but what's your take on war overall? Is it ever necessary? It's indicative when the money, our money goes bad, war always follows. Remember, there was a treaty of Versailles after World War I, led to World War II. Nixon, I mean, not Nixon, but uh, Hitler came to power because of hyperinflation. And then he took Germany to war, millions died and all this. So when money is a problem, money is fake, should we say, war follows. That's what I'm afraid of. I don't know if the men of America are men anymore. They're all TikTok dancers, you know. What happened to the men? That's my concern. I was going to ask you what keeps you up at night. Is that, you know, people say, is it coming central bank digital currencies? Is it talk of a World War III or? I don't trust my government. As I said, I don't buy gold because I'm a gold expert. I buy gold and silver yeah. because our leaders can't run the government. Our debt's going like this. Our monthly payments and our debt's going like this. We're bankrupt. Our debt to GDP is 130. We're bankrupt. So that's why I say to my friends, you know, this is 2,500 or 2,200. This is the biggest bargain of all. It's 33 bucks. 60% off its all-time high. Remember, these were 50, 50 bucks. It's 30 bucks now. And Get it. You know, I've read all your books, and I think another thing that always remained with me is you say you still have the poor dad in you, that all of us have yeah. the yeah. poor dad yeah. voice in us, right? Yes. But you were able to overcome that voice. So I guess my question is, I mean, you have the entrepreneurial spirit. Do you think it's something that's innate that you were just born with? 
or is it something that that can be learned? I mean, all the, all the successful people you've met, what do you think is the common denominator there? Well, the entrepreneur is no big deal because I live in a very affluent neighborhood. There's a young lady up the street. She knocks on my door. She says, can I babysit? I said, I don't, I don't, I don't have kids. But she's an entrepreneur. You could send them to my house. Yeah, that's what okay. I mean. So yeah. here she's a rich kid, but she still wants to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. she's so got the it, hustle. It's, it's not that big a deal, do you know what I mean? The biggest deal for an entrepreneur, our schools teach us to take tests on our own. So it's like this. And I was always cooperative with this. <laughs> The number one secret to my success, yeah. a smart team. Smart team. Yeah. Best accountants, best attorneys, uh, real estate guys and all this, oil guys, gas guys, gold guys. But in school, that's called cheating. If you can get that one, everything wow. they teach you in school, like yeah. don't make mistakes. Right. Well, how do you learn if you don't make a stupid mistake? You know, so I was stupid all the way through school, but I have a lot of money because I'm willing to make yeah. mistakes. Professors don't make mistakes, and they teach that to our kids. Last, last year, 39 professors came after me for teaching capitalism at Arizona State. I was teaching capitalism. I was just teaching things like how not to pay taxes, <laughs> how to use debt as money, why I don't invest in the stock market, and it's the professor says, what do you invest in if you don't invest in the stock market? Yeah. I said, I'm Japanese. You know, I buy Japanese cattle. And they go, why? <laughs> I said, because they're breeding bulls. They go, what? And so this professor, <laughs> he's thinking, right. his mind was blown. Yeah. He says, why would you buy a breeding bull? I said, because it's not cash flow, it's semen flow. I get paid every time that bull comes. He went, you're teaching that to our kids? That's what I do. And these guys are so small-minded. And so on top of that, I get tax breaks from the bull. And I get ag breaks. They're Marxists. <laughs> Professors are Marxists. They're good people. They just uh -oh. don't know they're Marxists. As Marx says, a progressive income tax is essential for the spread of communism. And when I was teaching how not to pay taxes, 39 professors attacked. The good news is the Arizona legislature went after the teachers. So imagine if that Robert from high school could see all that he's built today. I mean, thank you again for welcoming us into your magnificent property. Thank you. Thank I mean, you. it's truly beautiful. I mean, what do you, what does Robert do for fun? I'm a hunter. A hunter. You love to e hunt. Uh, everything's politically incorrect, I am. I saw a pizza oven there. I was like, is Robert a chef? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but I think I'll, try, I'll do my best for the green. I'll, I'll, I might buy an EV. <laughs> and the reason I'm buying an EV is simply because the oil producing nations join the BRICS. So I get the message pretty quickly. They want oil to go higher, gasoline to go higher to make yep. America poor. Thank you, Joe Biden. Thank you, all you guys. Is it true you had a bumper sticker on your Ferrari that said, what yeah. was it? Well, F Biden. Uh, <laughs> but I was like, Robert, you put a bumper sticker on the Ferrari. What? He's a criminal. <laughs> I hope it came off. It, well, I sold the Ferrari. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
But anyway, it's, I'll just leave people with these words. Watch what a person does, not what they say. And I think that's the most important thing today. And I guess one final note, you love yoga. Or you like staying, phys I mean, you look fantastic. Thank you you stay in shape. That's important, you do yes. that daily? Yes, not daily, but, but. So spiritual, physical, mental. Not only that is, since I'm cheap, I hire people <laughs> to do what I, I hire a coach. And since I. I well, that's not cheap. I know, but if I don't go, I got to pay. Oh, so right, I, right. So, you, so when I, he rings your doorbell, you got to work out. I'm tricking right, myself. Right. If I said, I think I'll go to the gym, I yeah. never show up. Yeah. But if I have an appointment with a coach that's going to charge me a hundred bucks, I show up. I love that. So I got to trick me. I love that. And, and that's why the other, other, other rule is watch what you say. The word becomes flesh. Only, you got to, don't use poor people's language. I can't afford it. I can't do that. The rich are evil. Well, Robert, I want to thank you because you have taught me personally so many lessons. And like I said, it took me a few years to see the light on some, but thank you because you've been you. a great teacher to me. Thank you. And congratulations. I love your eyes. It's good. <laughs> thank you. And tell them that thank you too. Yes, she's That's wonderful. Oh, she is one smart woman in gold. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's something. We love her. And we love you too, Robert. So thank you. Thank you. Thank congratulations. You. Thank you. And thank you all for watching. We'll have more incredible content. I mean, we're just starting this journey here at ITM Trading, so be sure to stay tuned to the Daniela Camboni Show. We'll have more incredible interviews. Thank you for watching.